Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we're joined by Therese Bowers, certified medical cannabis coach, educator, and public speaker. Therese is an unyielding chronic illness thriver who harnesses the power of plant medicine, gardening, and meditation to sculpt her holistic self-care rituals. In today's conversation, Therese educates us about incorporating cannabis into wellness routines as a way to live a full and vibrant life. Therese, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, I would love to start by just sharing a bit of your journey with us, Um, you know, because being a cannabis coach is is definitely, obviously it's a newer field. Um, but I know that your journey led you to where you are. And so I'd love to hear your story. So the story starts um, about 14 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, my daughter was nine years old and uh, we were living in a beach town and took our, bref- our dinners to the beach every night and rode our bikes to get groceries. We had a beautiful, uh, a beautiful life. And um something started to happen and her health started to decline and she was losing weight. She was losing motivation. She was losing energy. And I just was like, does she have a yeast infection? Is she, is there something else going on mentally? Like I was just kind of exploring what, what was happening. And it came to the point that we really needed to take her into the doctors and they diagnosed her with type one diabetes. And uh, that was a huge game changer. We had already been living a really healthy lifestyle. I think even at that point, I was eating raw foods. Like we were just like getting into the earth and really getting to know our bodies and um, and being in nature. And so this was a huge shock. And they said to me, um, well, it, type, type 1 diabetes is genetic. So I went back and started to talk to my families. And uh, there's nobody else with type 1 diabetes. And so they said, well, um, then maybe there was a virus or something. And I searched back through, you know, the last few months and there was no illness. And it came down to, for me, um, environmental toxicity. Mm-hmm. Even though we're living a clean lifestyle, the toxins um, that in our world are, are inescapable. So, um, and caring for her and changing our lifestyle to meet her needs. Um, I was caregiving 24-7. I was mm-hmm. up at night. And I was losing sleep and I was getting sick myself. Chronic fatigue syndrome was what the diagnosis came for me. And uh, I needed a solution, but I needed something that would still be able to keep me as a caregiver and look after myself. And um, that's when I I was just I heard a calling by the cannabis plant. And I always like to bring her so that you can <laughs> And just kind of see what the beauty of this plant, this is not a real one, so it doesn't have all the features, but this is the the plant medicine in the flower. And I was really called to this plant. And um, 
which was quite unusual because my upbringing, I grew up in a religious organization that was very doctrinal. We didn't have, um, we didn't go to movies. We didn't have playing cards. I wore long skirts and my head's covered, heads covered. Women weren't uh, just, they were different in the society than what we have here. And so cannabis or anything remotely like that was not ever in my awareness. And so I was a bit, and I left when I was 17, my family left that organization and, um, and so cannabis could come and knock on my door and say, hey, um, I want you to try me. And so I did. I talked to my husband and I was like, I, I just I really want to try cannabis. And he was on board. And one night we put the kids to bed and um, he rolled a joint for me. And we went out into the garden, sat in the hammock and uh, lit that joint together. And I had my first puff. And it was just so so eye-opening. I felt the caregiving stress and the pain and the anxiety lift off my shoulders. And I looked up into the sky and I could see the stars. And I was like, why has this never been shared with me before? Why has this been criminalized and demonized to the nth degree? And that's when I knew I needed to get to know this plant and incorporate it more into my life and figure out how it, its healing um, capabilities work. So I dived in, I started researching and studying and started to consume the plant in a more conscious way, utilizing it throughout the day and using the different cannabinoids like THC and CBD. And I started to be more open about my consumption with my family. About that time, my son, who was um, 14, was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And it was extremely debilitating. So I was thinking, you know, as my daughter ages and, and gets older, my caregiving will start to decline, to, to uh -huh. step back. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> I was full on with caregiving for him. Um, his Lyme disease presented with symptoms of severe pain in his head, uh, 10 out of 10 pain that would last up to 72 hours that would totally incapacitate him. And then three days, four days of fatigue after that to try to recover. And then the pain would come back. And we had this vicious cycle for, for years. And when he was 16, he heard me um, listening about cannabis on a podcast. And he said, hey, mom, would cannabis work for me? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You're, you're, you're under eight. <laughs> what do we do with this? And so we found a pediatric uh, uh, cannabis doctor who would prescribe it for him and started to work with it for him. And it was phenomenal how it helped him to reduce his pain um, and uh, insomnia, um, bring back his appetite because he wasn't eating and just bring back more spark to life. So even though um, I wouldn't say that cannabis cured him, but I would say it, it kept him um, on this earth because that's a teenager with such debilitating pain. I've seen what's happens to other families and yeah. I didn't want that outcome for me. Wow. Wow. Yes. So that's where we are. And then from there, um, when legalization, I'm from Canada. So when legalization came, I wanted to um, share my knowledge. And I studied uh, at the Cannabis Coaching Institute out of Boulder, Colorado, and uh, became a certified cannabis coach and educator. And then from there, yeah, I just, yeah, I just continue to dive into the science of cannabis, getting to know and revere this plant in a deeper way, and building more intention and mindfulness into this healing capabilities. And when was cannabis legalized in Canada? October 2018. Okay. So we're five years in to legalization. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So ahead of, I did not realize that. Mm -hmm. um, that's great. I mean, I, I, I'm in Colorado. <laughs> I'm not, not far from where you trained. Yes. Um, and 
yeah. And so it's at least in the States, Colorado has always been a little bit ahead of the curve as far as medical use and, and just legalization. So, yeah. Is- yeah. That's all thanks to Charlotte, little Charlotte. Yes. Little yep. Yeah. Amazing story. Amazing yeah. story. Yeah. So amazing. And, and how is, how are the kids now? Mm-hmm. Yes. So they are 24 and 21. And um, so my daughter at 24, uh, she manages her diabetes really well. She's never had, knock on wood, I'm knocking on wood right now. She has never had a repeat hospital stay due to her diabetes, which is really unusual. Um, and so we're so grateful for that. Um, her When you have one illness like that, it kind mm-hmm. of opens the door for more to come. So she does have three more um, autoimmune conditions, which she is managing and just thriving, though. Like she embraces these as not defining who she is, but as a reason to continue on. And so I'm so, so proud of her um, and her inspiration. My son at 21, um, this year, earlier this year, he had some huge healing to the point that he said in May, Mom, I want to move out. And I never, ever thought that that day would come when he would move out. And so he did. He moved out this summer on his own, had a great time. And then both of them um, had their leases coming up. And so in September, they moved in together. And oh, it's in my hometown. So they're just down the road. And um, so I get to see them lots and have family dinners. And uh, yeah, they're they're thriving and living with these conditions, but are not allowing them to define who they are. And I'm just, I'm so proud of them. That's amazing. And that's healing for you. <laughs> Absolutely. As yeah. well, as well. And I know you have other conditions you manage, other health challenges that that cannabis is a part of your keeping high functioning still. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, multiple chemical sensitivity, Lyme disease, and most recently SIBO. So that's been my journey this year is with SIBO which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, but healing is possible. So this year, especially I have been doing a lot of deeper healing and, and over the last 14 years I've, I've done everything you can imagine. And I actually had huge healing this year because I stopped trying to thrive for the next best, best thing. I stopped kind of, well, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did this, Mm -hmm. and this is supposed to be the newest, whatever. I've done that for the last 14 years. Mm -hmm. And this summer I stopped, I just stopped. And I said, I'm just going to listen to what my body's calling me to do. Which is key. Yes. 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 Love that. I love that. You have, there's so many directions I want to go in and I want to circle back um, to you know, using cannabis medicinally and, and, um, but I have to ask, I know that napping is a part of your wellness routine. Can you share a little bit with us about that? Absolutely. Yes. So when napping came into my life, it was part of one of the first tools that I utilized with my chronic fatigue syndrome. And at that time I was napping two to three hours a day. So it was actually not really a nap. It was sleep, sleep. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I needed. I needed that nourishment. And um, so I, I really mindfully tried not to fight it, even though like I, looking back over the years and the kids will say, mom, do you remember this? Or do you remember this? And I'm like, no, I wasn't there for that. Yeah. And I missed out on a lot of family things because a lot of the activity happened in the afternoons. And um, 
So I've been developing this relationship with napping because it's been my lifeblood and I need to be able to reconcile that this is for me and it's not taking away from me. Mm-hmm. So over the last few years, my napping has changed. Um, it, it moved down to two hours and then it moved down to an hour and then it moved down to 40 minutes. And this year it's 20 minutes. And my husband's like, oh, you're not completely healed because it's you still have to nap. This was the message that I was getting. No. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, no. Look at where I've come from. And now um, napping is still a huge part of my life because it's 20 minutes. It's a break in the day to let my mind rest, to let my body rest, to breathe, to listen to a meditation or a podcast or whatever, just to check out for a bit. And I feel this is one of the healthiest routines that I have. And I am so, so committed to it. And I encourage everybody, it doesn't have to be a nap. You don't might not need to sleep. I do. I need to fall asleep. Yeah. But not everybody does, but everybody needs that refresher. Absolutely. And so even if you, I love that you said, you know, sometimes you're listening to a podcast, like it, it may not, it's allowing your body. Um, I, I have a client who was just struggled with sleep for years. She could not sleep at night. And one of the ways we helped fix her nighttime sleep was creating that routine of the afternoon break. And in the beginning, I mean, of course, she'd, as soon as she would sit down, she'd pass out and fall asleep because she was so sleep deprived, but it was, she was just stuck in that cycle. And, and so it, whether it's for increased productivity, you know, reduced fatigue and, you know, better energy, pain, all the things. And yeah, even sometimes can help your nighttime sleep. I know people get afraid of, oh my gosh, if I sleep during the day, I won't sleep at night. And and it just depends on what your body needs. And so I, I love that. I think an afternoon break is essential. It really is. It's- One of the other things, tricks that I did yeah. to make it enticing and to make this a luxurious event. Like I don't yeah. want I don't want to be go to your nap and it be right. a punishment. I wanted it to be inviting and this this opportunity wouldn't would draw me in. And so I got a hammock and it's a lace, like a woven white lace hammock. It's beautiful. And I put it in my bedroom. Love that. And then I laid, I lay a sheepskin on the inside and I have a pillow for my head and a pillow for my knees and a cozy blanket and my noise canceling headphones on. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the house. Mm -hmm. I can still have my nap. And so it's creating that whole environment for, for just for your heart to just go, oh, it's so warm and cozy. That's amazing. It's a a beautiful ritual, right? Really? So... I love that. So I'll shift back now because I know that the, the one of the main purposes for our conversation was to share is this in, information that you have about how people can use cannabis. Um, as I like what you said, you know, it, it, you're not saying it healed you. You're saying it allows you to live your life to the fullest, which is huge. That's the goal no matter what, right? That's what we want. That's what I want for my clients. That's what I want for my family, is that we can really, you know, any of us who have had that kind of chronic decline know know what life getting shorter and smaller, you know, just that everything shrinks down around you. Um, and so uh, as a tool to, to help expand out, you know, teach us a little bit about, um, because I, I know that we've got listeners that have never tried and have just all they have are the stories you've 
heard about when it's been illegal. And um, so just share with us a little bit for some people that are totally uneducated. Absolutely. Okay. So I have some cue cards so that it's a little bit easier to understand. So I hope that's the right way. Can you read that? That's gr- it's great, but then we'll read them out loud because for yes. people listening on the go. So absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. So, sure. Yes. yes. So, we'll do- so I want to talk about the endocannabinoid system. And so you may have been letting me like, and a what? Uh, so this is a system within our body. We can, we've referred to it as the ECS. So it's the endocannabinoid system or the ECS. The endocannabinoid system was discovered in the, in the late 80s, early 90s as a system within our body that um, wants to bring homeostasis and balance to the other systems within the body. So it's like this master regulator that we haven't known about. We know about the respiratory system and the skeletal system and the cardiovascular system, but this is like the master system. And if we don't address this system first, before we look at all the other systems, we're not going to be as effective in our healing. And so we want one of the one of the things that kind of as coaches are so passionate about is sharing this knowledge that you have this hidden system within your body. And guess what? Cannabis interacts with it. Um, But we also we don't have to have cannabis to activate it and to um, bring health and wellness into it. We can do other things as well. One of the ways that the endocannabinoid system works is through cannabinoids that we make in our body called endocannabinoids. So you may have heard of the term cannabinoids. That's what we use to refer to things like um, THC and CBD. And those are those are found within plants. But within our body, it's called an endocannabinoid. And we have two main cannabinoids within our body. One is called anandamide and the other one is called 2-AG. And I want to focus on anandamide a little bit. Because of the amazingness of this cannabinoid within our bodies, the the word uh, uh, anandamide in Sanskrit means bliss. We are supposed to be blissful. We are created with bliss regenerating um, organisms within our beings. And through illness and through our environment and through other factors, we're deficient. We're noticing deficiencies within our bodies. So if our first response is, I am never blissful, I never find bliss, there's nothing at ease within my body or within my life, then let's look at anandamide. And if we're deficient in creating it within our own endocannabinoid system, we can look to cannabis because cannabis fits into the endocannabinoid system. It's amazing. How can a plant work with us to be able to create the bliss and homeostasis that we need? So that's what we call the... the um, Cannabinoids found in cannabis are called phytocannabinoids because they are found in the plant. And there's lots of cannabinoids. The two main ones that we always talk about, you probably hear about, are THC and CBD, but there's lots, lots more. But we focus on THC and CBD when we're beginning with cannabis, just so that we can really get a handle on how these cannabinoids work within our bodies. THC and CBD both do different things. And I've noticed that we've started to demonize THC. So now with the research coming out about CBD, it's like, oh, CBD is the best. It doesn't make you high. It's so good. And THC, that's the bad one because that makes you high. But I want to just explain how they work together. So if you think about, so as THC comes and CBD come into the body, they uh, bind into the receptors within the endocannabinoid system. 
THC does amazing work with pain reduction, with anti-inflammatory properties, with helping with sleep. CBD does amazing with anti-inflammatory, with anxiety, with balancing um, the body, with mood. And so they each have their, their benefits separately and then together as well. When we combine them, we get this called what's called a entourage effect. And so when we look at the whole plant and we bring in every part of the plant, it works together synergistically and it helps the CBD, helps the THC work better and the THC helps the CBD work better. We don't have to get high though. And that's the piece that we kind of get caught up on is, oh, I don't want to get high. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And you don't have to. By using therapeutic levels of THC and keeping that dose low, you don't have to experience a high. And also when you pair it with CBD, because CBD can help to reduce the effects of THC by causing that intoxicating effect. So at any time, if you are trying cannabis and you want to work with it, always have CBD in your first aid cupboard. Because when we're working with THC, it's inevitable you might experience an unintended high and it's okay. It's not harmful. It doesn't bind into, THC doesn't bind into any life-saving like our amygdala where our life-saving devices are. It doesn't bind into that. So it will not result in overdose and death ever with cannabis so that we can take that right off the table. You will not ever overdose with too much THC. But if you get too much and you feel uncomfortable, take some CBD and that will help to calm that and soothe that response out and breathe uh, because your, your body's just having an overreaction, an overabundance of cannabinoids within your system. That's all. Got it. And so it's interesting you say you, you can't OD. Um, are there people that shouldn't take THC or use cannabis? If you have a history of um, schizophrenia, uh, then it's a really good idea to be monitored closely and really watch what how you're utilizing cannabis. I would stay more to the CBD side and just be really, really aware um, because it can activate that response. So certainly for people in that demographic, just be really, really aware. Uh, keep your doses really low and really pay attention and listen. Okay. And, and I had heard... Um ages ago. So this could be myth that some people genetically um, d just don't handle THC well or cannabis well. Is that a myth? That is true. That's true. It's actually new. The research is coming out now and we're ha we have tools now, genetic testing for cannabinoids to see how your body responds. Cannabinoids and terpenes, I believe that they, they, they test both. So the terpenes are like the scents of the plant, which have their own uh, medicinal benefits as well. So yes, you could be a non-responder. Um, and often you don't have to go through and do the genetic testing. You can just simply try it, try it in low doses and see how you respond. Um, but we need to also be aware that it's finding your perfect dose is different than being a non-responder. So when we start working with cannabis, uh, it's not the same dose for everybody and it's not the same method of intake for everybody that's going to be effective. So if you try, let's say you try cannabis um, with smoking a joint and you're like, oh, it was okay, but it didn't really do what I wanted it to do. Maybe you need to move to something like an oil or a tincture. Um, maybe you need an edible. Maybe you need something in the form of a salve, something that you can rub onto your skin. So there's different methods of intake. So before you jump to the conclusion that, oh, it's my genes, I just can't do it. Um, there's an exploratory process. Uh, and that's why working with a coach was really helpful to be able to guide you through uh, because sometimes we give up too soon. Yeah. 
And I have to add my, and I'm not a cannabis coach, and I'm, but as a health coach, there are a lot of good options for using cannabis and THC and CBD and all, all the parts. And, and I love that there is always, cause nature's brilliant. There's a synergy when you're using the whole plant. Um, but I, I just have to add my disclaimer of, I don't recommend smoking because I don't recommend smoking. <laughs> and that's not the only, that's just so not the only option anymore. So yeah. let yeah. me show you the difference. So I, I have these for demonstration. I rarely would use, utilize cannabis in this form. Instead, I use it. So instead of talking about smoking, when I'm referring clients to taking it in this way, that, that that's called inhalation. So the method of taking it in through a vapor is called inhalation, but we prefer to use it through a vaporizer. So something that you use the raw herb. So this is this ground up flower, raw herb. It's not a concentrate. It's not your vape pen, not vape pen. This is a dry herb vaporizer. And so it vaporizes the plant at whatever temperature you set. And um, it's kind of like when you're working with an inhalers, like a bronchial dilator or asthma, you're puffing it in because it absorbs through the lungs. So this is the same concept of getting it in through the lungs without overheating and fire and smoke. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know you had props ready, but I just wanted, wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so good because we, this is all we know, right? Like we're like, oh, I have to smoke a joint. Well, no. You, yes. The belief is we have to smoke a joint and we have to get high. Mm, no. Right. Right. So how one of my a commonly heard concern um, is, you know, quality and how do you know what you're really getting? And so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, finding trust, trusted resources? Yes. Yes. And it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting situation in the U S right now because CBD is legal federally. Right. So you can access CBD probably at your corner store or at your gas station. Um, I'm going to tell you, those are not good quality. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> You might have like 1% of CBD and a combination of other other components that we don't even know about. Right. So I, I certainly wouldn't go there. Um, your your stores or your dispensaries uh, are are should be having good high quality products. But the best way to know is to ask for a certificate of analysis or a COA. So your COA goes through and tests for the cannabinoids, the percentage, um, pesticides, molds, toxins within the plants that you can use that as a reference. If you um, get a product and they will not give you the COA, then I would question that. I wouldn't use anything that you, yeah. I wouldn't use a supplement, you know, I wouldn't get a supplement at the grocery store either. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A, yeah. Another piece of that is that, so here in Canada, we can go grow our own. We can grow four plants legally. You can grow in Colorado. I, I honestly don't even know, I would imagine, but I don't yeah, know. I think you can. Yeah, I don't know what the limit is. So this is my this is my other piece of that is that if you get homegrown cannabis from somebody who grows it with love, with organic materials, that is going to be the most superior. Well, actually, if you grow it yourself, that is the most superior cannabis that you're ever going to have because you're going to imprint that plant to you and to your needs. So I'm not going to ask my neighbor for a COA. I'm going to ask how their growing practices and um, and but certainly non-institutionalized cannabis is going to be the highest vibration and the highest free um, healing capabilities. And so I, 
yeah, that's, we want everybody to grow your own medicine. Well, and I love that you say that because especially here in Colorado, I think as in this country of leading the pack, if you will, um, I mean, the com- there's so much conversation around, you know, the, the different different percentages of the different components and, and this is best for that and that's best for this. And here you're saying, actually, just grow a plant at home with love and that's the best. Yes. yes. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. have to get as complicated as, as they're, the, they're making it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And because we want it accessible, we want to bring it back to, to not being confusing and going like, oh, and, and that worry and that stress about, well, what should I take and what should I grow and all these things. Just, just follow your heart. Let cannabis guide you and um, plant that seed and watch it grow and nurture it. And by far, yeah, you'll be, you'll have a better connection with the plant. Amazing. And I'm guessing that you are making your own tinctures and products with your own plants at home. I certainly am. Yep. I make my own salves, oils, tinctures, um, RSO or Rick Simpson oil or FICO, which is a thick, thick, it's like molasses. So it's, it's a concentrated cannabis, which is really high dosing that we utilize for cancer support and for, for chronic, extreme chronic pain and people that need those high, high doses. Um, I make it in that form. I make bath bombs, bath salts, infused edibles into food, butter, sugar. Uh, I, I infuse it into everything, <laughs> olive oil for salad dressings. Be warned if you're going to Teresa's house for dinner. That's right. That's, there's, a, there's a little disclaimer always, on this. Always a good time. <laughs> Love that. Yes. That's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. So I'm guessing, tell me a little bit about how you're working with people. I'm guessing it's kind of this helping them find their individual ideal path, but share a little bit about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I work with people one-on-one in coaching, and then I'm working on developing group groups as well so that we can all learn from each other because it's way more beneficial when somebody else hears, oh, I did this for pain and I might not have thought to mention that. And we pick up and gain, glean things from everybody else. So usually in my coaching, um, I'm, I'm really checking in to see why are you here? What do you want cannabis to do for you? And building that connection with the body to be listening, because I'm going to be taking cues from you as to how you want to move forward and how you want to utilize cannabis. And then just supporting the process. So if there's any wobbles and just some doubts and just not really sure, or it didn't work right, or it didn't feel right, and just addressing all of those um, side effects or symptoms or um, experiences or thoughts that we have um, around this, because it's a new way. It's a new way. We've been taught by doctors, here's your prescription, take this, and we'll see you in two weeks. Cannabis is not like that. It's a relationship that we're building. And sometimes we needed a little extra support with that. I like that. And and you just <laughs> brought me to where my brain was going. What about listeners that are on medications and they're being treated for things? I'm I, I would imagine it's important to talk to their doctor, but but what do you tell people? Talking to your doctor is a good idea, and I'm gonna forewarn you. <laughs> they're not all on board. They're not really open to hearing about it. And I've had a number of clients who have their, their doctor says, if you bring that up again, I won't talk to you. I, I will drop you as a patient. And that's here in Canada where it's legal. 
Wow. Feel that out. Feel if that's safe for you to talk to your doctor. And if it's not, then your pharmacist is your best friend. I am finding that pharmacists are getting themselves educated and are really good sources of support. And so if you, and they all, and they already know you and your prescriptions. So if you want to work with cannabis, go to your pharmacist first and ask them, are there any interactions that I should know about and make adjustments that way? Um, Just for a tip, medications that have interactions with grapefruit. So if you're advised, do not take grapefruit. It has to do with enzyme breaking down in the liver. CBD is not as contraindicated if with that prescription. So just be aware if you already know you're on something that is uh, interact with grapefruit, do not um, do not go that way um, or ask your pharmacist to help you f- transition uh, off or on or whatever, whatever the situation is. Awesome. Thank you. That's good. Good advice. And I would have never thought, which makes so much more sense to talk to the pharmacist if you're on prescriptions, because they're the ones who understand, hopefully. <laughs> and we're not, I'm not talking about, you know, the tech at the pharmacy. You're talking about the actual pharmacist who yes. understands the chemical compounds and, and how they work in the body. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's fantastic advice. I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I know it is so frustrating, you know, that thought of you know, not all doctors are open and, and hopefully that's changing slowly. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, you can't, ima- I don't hear people say, well, my doctor said, you know, if I have another drink of alcohol, he's not going to work with me or she's not going to like, right. Yes, I know. <laughs> so I know. it's, but this is, this is a brand new area of wellness. It really is. I mean, it's not, but it is. <laughs> it's, old, it's old, right? right. It's so old. Right. It's, it's, it's all of the new things that, that we find are at, that actually support wellness are old. That's and, right. But the conversations around it are new now. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So... I did warn you because some people just get stuck. <laughs> what is one step that listeners could take starting today if if they want to improve their health? And it d- doesn't have to be cannabis related. Anything, anything you want. Yes, yes. Uh, I have two because I can't. I can't just <laughs> land on one. Yep, it's fair. Okay, so the first one is noticing your intention. And just really stopping right, right as soon as you're like, I want to try that. Okay, let's go back to listening. So that's my tip two is listening. So number one is intention. Number two is listening. So coming back to the body and asking, what do I want cannabis to do? And getting really, really clear on that. Cannabis responds really well to direction. And it's like sending an anchor into the future so that cannabis can follow. So in the past, we've wanted cannabis for fun and to use recreationally and to get high. And that was the intention, the unconscious intention. I'm going to take this and I'm going to have a blast. Cannabis will do that. But if we're like, I want cannabis to really help me sleep, set that intention, tell cannabis what you want it to do, and then listen, listen to your body and how it responds to cannabis and start really low on your dosing. Just start low, start low. I like that. It is, it's a whole new world. And I know I learned a lot today um, and I live in Colorado. So <laughs> I really appreciate the, just the education and, and the honest way that you are open to having conversations that can help people. So, so I appreciate that. 
Where is the best place for people that are listening on the go to, to come find you? Mm-hmm. On my website, it's Therese.ca. So that's my name, T-E-R-E-S-E.ca. And right at the top, it says, get started here or click here or start here. I think it says start here. Start there and you will get a guide with four tips to choose the right cannabis for you. Love that. Love it. Amazing. Therese, thank you so much. As I said, you have shared amazing gold with us today. Thank you for having me. And I'm, yeah, it's my pleasure. I want to share this, share the gifts that have come to me um, with, with everybody. So thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure as well. For everyone listening, remember you get the transcripts and show notes by visiting inspiredliving.show. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.